Have you ever had a presentation fall flat at work or watched people's eyes glaze over as you told them about your recent vacation? Today, we're going to discuss how to avoid these situations with an often underappreciated part of human psychology, the power of storytelling. Keep listening to today's episode to learn how to better communicate your ideas at work so that they're more than just shared, they're truly understood and remembered. Hi there, we are Haley and Jordan Anderson, and this is the Career Engineering Podcast, where engineers help other engineers have better careers. We're a husband and wife engineering team who are passionate about helping you excel in your workplace. After working in the energy and aerospace industries, we both got our master's degrees in organizational behavior. And in this show, we dive into some of the biggest challenges we each face at work that we didn't learn about in our technical degrees. As engineers, we all love to know how things work. So on this podcast, we'll look under the hood using research and experience to help you better navigate your coworkers, organizations, and careers. So to introduce our topic today, I want to paint a picture for you. Your manager has asked you to attend a conference session, and you're in back-to-back presentations from different vendors. You're exhausted from the networking event the night before, the speakers have been really boring this morning, you skipped breakfast, and now you're just one presentation away from lunch. That last speaker gets up, and you lean back just trying to keep yourself awake, but suddenly, everything changes. The speaker's different. They started talking, and all of a sudden, you just can't help but listen. You lean forward in your chair because the information just seems so much more interesting. How is that possible? The topic is the same as everyone else's. So what's the difference? That would definitely be a pleasant surprise for anyone at the end of a long, long conference. Yeah, well, this is the exact situation I was in a few years ago. I remember I was at this conference and it was a long weekend of sessions, but one speaker stood up and changed it all. And it wasn't about his topic or because he started passing out candy or anything. It was all in his delivery. Contrary to what every other speaker did that day, he told a real story. He began by painting a picture for the audience of what could be and then backed out of that to weave a really powerful narrative about how his engineering team had come up with a really special solution he was sharing that day. It was more than just information. The speaker took all of us on a journey and told us a story that we could follow end to end. And clearly he was effective because I was not only impressed that day in the moment, but I still remember the presentation what it was about, and it was about a topic that otherwise would not have been very interesting. That's definitely incredible. You know, I I feel like I've been in those type of situations before where ultimately it came down to more how someone was saying something that really enhanced its impact as opposed to really just word for word what they were saying. Yes, exactly. And there's actually some really interesting reasons for why we're hardwired for this kind of storytelling. So I'm excited to discuss this more today and learn about how we can do it better ourselves. Let's do it. So I am a bit confused, Haley, when you start talking about storytelling. I'm sitting here imagining, you know, we're around a campfire, or maybe we're listening to our parents talk about how they walked uphill both ways to school. (laughs) You know, what role does storytelling play at work? Yeah, you are right that storytelling is a natural part of our everyday human experience. From the earliest days of the human race, we told stories to pass down information, and anthropologists have found that stories have played a role in literally every culture that's ever existed on Earth. Origin stories are also an incredibly important part of our identities, and even starting out as babies, our brains become trained to listen for and learn the patterns that are in stories. Yeah, neurologically, studies show that children exhibit strong emotional memory connections when they're being told stories, 
And this continues even with us once we're adults. You know, we associate hearing stories with a pleasurable experience. And so we continue to seek those really throughout our lives. This pattern recognition and this comfort with familiarity, it's why we're drawn to rereading the same books or listening to the same songs over and over. So when we detect a familiar pattern in what people are saying, we're going to naturally be more engaged. Yeah, so fascinating. And these patterns convey meaning. We use stories to make sense of the world and then convey that meaning to others by communicating in patterns that they will recognize and understand. And this is why we find ourselves relating to characters in books or movies. Even though our lives aren't identical to those fictional characters, we can see patterns that they live out in our own lives. We're not superheroes or wizards, to my dismay sometimes, um, but we can have similar friends or we may have dealt with a similarly annoying teacher or struggled with the same internal conflicts. And so in all of our communications, our brains are subconsciously scanning for patterns they recognize and stories are triggers for those patterns. Yeah, for example, just think about the last time you started to listen to someone tell you about their day or maybe a situation they were in. I bet your mind jumped ahead and thought you knew exactly where they were headed with that story, right? And neuroscience shows that the brain waves of storytellers and receivers, they actually synchronize. And this reinforces that comforting dopamine response that we get from these stories. We also psychologically see stories and patterns as puzzles. And so the problem-solving parts of our brains, they actually become activated. This, of course, can get us into trouble when we start to jump in and start to give advice. So sorry about that, babe. I know like most men, I'm probably pretty gu guilty of this not just listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a natural human response. So I get it and I'm totally guilty of it too. As we listen, our brains start looking for common patterns or to answer the metaphorical puzzle. So we can often start listening to respond rather than listening to really hear what the other person's saying. Yeah, and I think it's also really interesting that our minds will warp situations that maybe don't fit a story or pattern that our brain is comfortable with, so to speak, or that makes sense to us immediately. This was illustrated really well in a famous study once that showed participants a video of random geometric shapes. There really wasn't anything special at all about the shapes or what they were doing on the screen. But after watching for a few minutes, everyone except for one participant had made up some sort of story to explain what was going on with these geometric scenes that they thought they were seeing. <laughs> yeah, those must have been some intense shapes. Um, amazingly, the research shows that we even remember things by utilizing stories and patterns. In fact, a common memorization technique that you might have heard of is to build a memory palace. So you envision a location that you're really familiar with, like your house, and visualize each room of it, but then insert the things that you need to remember into the scene. And because our brains think in context, when you're at the grocery store, you're more likely to remember an image of an egg being smashed on your front door than just the word eggs. Yeah, it's definitely a really neat trick. And interestingly, you know, the stories we tell can shape how we remember our experiences as well. So for example, you probably don't look at your career as just a bunch of lines on a resume. You see it as a journey that you've taken. You recognize the connections between each role and why you've made each move. And this can help us when we're feeling lost to maybe remember the purpose to each of these chapters that's been in our story, you know, even the difficult ones. And stories also help us when we prepare to encounter new experiences. When something doesn't go our way or we're experiencing something new, what's the story that you're going to tell yourself? Did you fail or did you bravely take on a risk and learn something new? You know, these stories can really change our attitudes and change the way that we remember these experiences long term. 
This is also a great way to make a memorable connection and an impression when you're asked that dreaded tell me about yourself question. Instead of just listing out your accomplishments or even stating your job title, weave your experiences into a story. For example, you didn't probably just study engineering. Perhaps you got frustrated as a child when your parents couldn't answer your questions on why things worked the way they did, so you went into a field focused on problem solving. Now you're passionate about making things work better than they did before and helping others answer those same questions that you once had. Yeah, in that same vein, storytelling is a very powerful tool in establishing our personal brand. So if you follow any influencers or leaders, it's very likely that you see them sharing very clear and well-articulated life stories that you can follow and relate to and that you remember when you think about them. So knowing that stories are a way of tapping into our brain's hardwiring, how can we use them to be more memorable and make meaningful connections to improve our communications at work? Well, first, let's start with the most important, maybe obvious recommendation here. And that is that we want to craft our messages and presentations into stories. As technical professionals, I know we can often fall into this trap of just data dumping on our audiences. And we can also assume that those in the audience know what we know, that they're following what we're saying. But they're actually probably just politely smiling and nodding along a lot of times. (laughs) Yes. And remember that no one will know how smart you are unless you're able to communicate your ideas effectively. And many an incredible idea has been thwarted by a poor communication plan. So make sure you communicate well. Okay, I'll step off my soapbox. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're good there. You're good. So I know this is something that so many of us struggle with, and it really can hold you back. So to make your ideas more understandable and persuasive, you'll want to shape your information into these patterns that are familiar and common to your audience. There's really four steps to these narratives. Every story has a beginning, so that's your once upon a time. They have a problem, a resolution, and then an ending. And that's where we get to the living happy ever after. <laughs> this maybe seems obvious, but that's because it's a pattern that you've heard, you know, an innumerable amount of times. And so you're certainly familiar with this. And so if you can map your information sharing in this way, you're much more likely to engage your audience. And they're much more likely to actually remember the things that you share. Yeah, it's such a simple tweak. And, you know, for example, in the situation that I opened with, I remember the presenter was sharing about a data model that they had built for an oil and gas project. So really exciting stuff, right? Well, it may seem hard to make that topic interesting and memorable for some, but they totally did. And he did so by painting a vision of what the future could be, what a world would look like with the new unlocked resources and capabilities. That was his beginning. Then he shared that companies are limited in researching that goal by the data available to them. So this was the problem or the tension of the story that he introduced. And then that led to the story's resolution, which was that they had researched and implemented a new data model that enabled greater insights. And so the final uh, happily ever after was that the tool had resulted in all sorts of new capabilities and insights and revenue streams that they never imagined before. So tied it up very nicely with the bow. Mm -hmm. In the presentations that you give at work, we can all do the same thing. And so I certainly urge you to really consider who is your audience that you're preparing for in these presentations. You know, what is their background? What level of detail and technical information do they really need to know? And what will they reasonably understand? This can be a hard balance to strike for sure. So consider workshopping and running through your presentation with a friend, coworker, or maybe even a family member. 
It also helps to do some research to understand the lens through which the audience may be viewing your presentation. So, for example, if you're presenting to someone from finance or even the CFO, they will probably care more about the returns on the investment of your solution and the and the dollar value. While, you know, a marketing individual may be more excited to hear about the sales potential or how it will affect your customers. So ask yourself, what is the story that this audience will care to hear? Another common pattern we have mentally ingrained is the hero's journey. You know, so you'll recognize this from any sort of authors, from Stephen King to Charles Dickens to J.K. Rowling. You know, the hero's journey is broadly broken into three parts. You have the hero themselves who departs on a journey. They separate from their tribe. Second, they initiate to explore some sort of new world with certain tasks or trials. And then ultimately, they return with a treasure, which they can use for the benefit of others, and and they themselves have been transformed during this whole process. Yeah, I like this hero's journey a lot because of that idea of transformation, and I'll find that in a lot of really great uh, business presentations. And you can use this anytime you're telling a story about a project or a team you led, with the final outcome being the changed person you are today, or even the changed business result you brought back or enabled for the company. So the next time you're asked something about yourself, try framing the information into the hero's journey. I know this maybe sounds a little silly to frame ourselves as the hero of some epic story, (laughs) but I remember sitting in an interview where a candidate talked about a previous internship in this way. They desired to gain more technical experience, and so they accepted this internship offer. They moved across the country. While they were there, they faced a number of challenges, which they overcame, And now they're a more well-rounded engineer because of this whole experience. And you can see how sharing this story in this way would sound much more interesting than just simply saying, I interned at ABC Company this summer. (laughs) Right, right. In addition to knowing how to tell stories, the second big application is to create meaning by being selective in the stories that we choose to tell. We discussed earlier how we can craft our own career journeys into stories to make them more memorable and to increase the chance of making a connection with the person who hears it. But we can also emphasize the key points of our story to highlight what we want to be known for as part of our personal brand. This is particularly helpful when you're trying to change careers or even industries. The career jump may not make sense on paper, um, but when you articulate the journey that you've taken or want to take, others will better be able to follow it. Similar to this idea of crafting a personal brand, organizations also have their own stories, especially when we think about like origin stories. And so organizations are choosing what they want to remember, what they want to retell. And that's an important way of reinforcing the desired culture that they want. I know one great example that my colleague here, Haley, is a (laughs) big fan of is uh, Southwest Airlines. You know, so every employee there can tell you the story of how they started from a sketch that was drawn on the back of a napkin. To this day, they even print this sketch on their napkins to make sure that the story is remembered. And it really helps to reinforce the desired entrepreneurial, scrappy culture that they want to have compared to maybe more legacy competitors. Similarly, companies and leaders trying to change or reinforce a certain behavior should make sure that they tell stories of employees exhibiting these traits to help reinforce them and make sure that they really stick. Yeah, I love a good aviation example. So thanks for putting that in. Yeah. Um, At work, stories can even help shape our own identities and cultures. So think about this tool the next time you're asked to step into a role that others may think you're unqualified for. 
Instead of just choosing any story to introduce yourself, pick one that will show your expertise in a similar past situation to quickly build your credibility. Or if you know you come off maybe as a cold person, try sharing a story about your family or how you cared for a colleague to help reframe your reputation. Ultimately, stories will stick in our minds better than any raw data ever will. So use them strategically. Reflect on your past to identify stories and maybe even take time to create a professional journal of them so you can easily refer back to these important stories in your journey. And then you want to practice telling your stories and shaping them into common patterns that people will recognize. And in no time at all, you're bound to make a pretty good impression. So Jordan, what all did we learn today? Well, we learned that storytelling is a natural part of our existence, just as human beings, and as such, it plays a very powerful role at work and in our daily interactions, more so than we even realize. Knowing this, we can leverage our brain's bias towards pattern recognition, and we can use that to our advantage in communicating with others. Yes, how you say something matters just as much, if not more, than what you have to say. So before your next presentation or interview, take the time to think about your content and craft your communications into a pattern that people's minds are likely to recognize, a story. By framing your content with a once upon a time beginning, identifying a problem, then your resolution, and then wrapping it up with a happily ever after, per se, you're going to naturally be more memorable and impactful. We also learned how we can emphasize specific stories to reinforce our personal values or communicate things we want to be known for. This can be helpful in new situations or when we're trying to shape others' perceptions of us or even of our organization's culture. Focus on those stories that emphasize the desired behaviors to reinforce what we want to be remembered for. Practicing this tool of storytelling will help us to move beyond just communicating a message. Just like the speaker from that conference all those years ago that I can still vividly remember today, through storytelling, we can convey meaning, make a connection, and be someone that people understand and actually want to keep listening to. What challenges are you facing at work or in your career? Do you like what you're hearing and want to add anything to the discussion? Be sure to hit subscribe on our podcast to keep the conversation going and let us know your thoughts by reaching out. Links to our social media channels and our email are included in the show notes.